How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the All Time Sportscast. I'm joined by my co-host Stephen Two, Burge, and Sean. This week we're down a man, and is out for the week. Um, is it because week, he's retiring? <laughs> uh, this week's uh, NFL news is topped off by a pretty big headline. Um, something that we were expecting to dictate the entire offseason. This entire, I think, transaction is now put on hold and it's coming out of the AFC South. Steve, what's going on? Uh, well, there has been uh, 13 allegations against Deshaun Watson, our found QB from the Houston Texans, there is now 13 sexual harassment allegations against him. Uh, this is something that's uh, been coming really intensely uh, throughout the whole week. Uh, actually, every single day, there's been a couple of more cases as we go on. Uh, to me, it's come to a, a, a big shock that this guy has gone into uh, the NFL as one of the top QBs, also as well as one of the big headlines in the offseason. Is he going to be traded? Is he going to stay with his team? Is he going to sit? What is going to happen with Deshaun Watson? So it's, uh, it's, it's some big news. So I don't really know on what's going to happen next for him. Does anybody want to chime in on what is going on here? Well, the Houston Texans can't get out of the news. Huh? They're just, you know, for all the wrong reasons, they can't, uh, they don't have any positive momentum going on. Free agencies not bringing anybody in and this big elephant that continues to be in their room and their organization. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's unfortunate for, uh, for the organization, the fan base. I think it's also um, very intriguing uh, for him as he's definitely denied all of the allegations so far. Um I think as a player, there's, you know, obviously, uh, Steve, you mentioned that he's, you know, one of the top QBs face of the Texans and one of those elite quarterbacks that are uh, that are in the league so far. But I think in this day and age, there's there's zero tolerance for for any of these acts. And so I think his his reputation to a certain extent is going to be somewhat tainted. Um, even if all these allegations come back as being false or not true, uh, I, I think you don't escape, uh, you know, th these allegations uh, as someone, especially as a professional and celebrity in the organization. Uh, and it's it's really a shame because I think he's done a lot of good work in the community and uh, with different causes uh, associated with the Texans organization. And he is a, a member of the community who really gives back and does a lot of community hours and community service. So it's uh, it's quite surprising uh, on my end to hear that uh, new, uh, new allegations keep coming by the day, by the minute almost. Uh, and to get up there with 12, 13 allegations so far is uh you know it's it's quite it's quite significant these are coming pretty fast to my knowledge like it feels just like it was yesterday that the first one came out so um it's it, it, it's crazy because this guy has been just overwhelmed by his situation down in houston uh, again, is he going to leave? Is he going to sit? Are they going to trade him? There was actually going to be a protest from fans uh, earlier on in the offseason for him not to leave uh, to where he stopped them from going out and protesting uh, because of COVID. 
So it, it, it's it's shocking overall uh, to me of, of, of what's going on here to the point is, you know, like there's some people out there saying, has this been planted by, you know, the Houston Texans owner? Has this been planted? Is this happening just so quickly that it, they don't want him to leave? So there, these things are being planted about him. So like it's it's a very touchy situation. Uh that's happening right now and it's it's kind of like a movie scene right now that's going on with him so i don't know if anybody else wants to chime in on that uh i was i was gonna add that uh it's funny how you say uh, that some of this stuff looks planted i mean you always have to believe the victims in this situation and um unfortunately the nfl quarterback is one of the most protected figures um uh, protected figures protected celebrity figures so to speak uh in the world i mean so many i mean my very own quarterback i was never able to like for these particular reasons um i i in a in a team that's expected to reset that's that was looking for like an entire overhaul and and just a change of culture and everything how do you guys think this team plays this out in my opinion, the best move for this team and this organization in need of a reset after all the allegations they faced coming from Deshaun Watson is to just cut him outright. The right thing to do is to distance yourself from this type of behavior, from this type of story, right? Well, I think I think as an organization, you know, the arguments that the organization has kind of uh, planted this out there. I, I, I don't believe that. I think that uh, if if the organization is willing to go to that level of of information and leaking information like that, it's you know it, it's a bit touchy. But uh, you know where where do you go if you're Deshaun Watson? Um, as an org as a Texans organization, there's there's really kind of two bouts to it. One, do you outright cut your franchise QB and distance yourself, like you're saying, from from all these the the noise and the media that's going to follow your team, uh, and also the pressure probably from the NFL put on the Texans to outright cut this player if these allegations are true. Um, and and on the other side, right for Deshaun Watson, does this hurt his credibility? Does it hurt his market uh, to be traded to another team? Does another NFL team want to get into the circus that is Deshaun Watson and uh, these allegations? Um, I'm I'm not sure. Yes, the New England Patriots they did it last year with the with Antonio Brown. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a good enough player where another team is going to want to pick him up uh, if and when he becomes available. Uh, but again, nothing's going to happen until more information comes out. Uh, they're not going to drop their franchise QB on quote unquote allegations. Um, he's too valuable to the team to do that. Uh, so I, I think honestly, at this point, you wait and see what comes out of it. If it is true, then yeah, you have no choice but to get rid of him. Uh, but he he will more than likely uh, get signed by another team the, the following year, I think. So yeah, we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, at this point, I mean, from one week to the, to, to, from this week to next week, all we can expect for is more allegations, the way this is playing out. Um, I mean, yeah, I there's see nothing him. to do but just wait now. I, I see him playing by week four, week five with a new team. Hmm. That's just me. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, if I'm running an organization, I don't want to touch this right now. And I don't want to touch it at all. That's, I mean, my uh, yeah. my take on it. 
we'll see how it plays out though you know um the wide receiver market was uh, a lot of people said it wasn't a great one this year uh i didn't think it was too bad what did you guys think about it well for my team uh before we get into what else is happening in the nfl but for my team uh we are just sitting around just waiting for things to happen that being the colts uh, waiting to uh, re-sign players, waiting to uh, just let the paint dry on the wall. So, um, but overall, I, I, what I see happening with some some big names getting franchise tag, with some big names getting signed in free agency, I think it's really it's it's a big year. I think it's a pretty to- interesting year as well. Um- uh, amongst the notable wide receiver signing, just to get through them without going through too much of the details here, Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin accepted their franchise tags for the Bears and Bucks, respectively. Uh, Juju stayed home in uh, Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. Will Fuller signed a deal with the Dolphins. Emmanuel Sanders signed a one-year deal with the Bills. AJ Green with the Cardinals. Deshaun Jackson Big. signed with the Rams. Curtis Samuel uh, joined the Washington football team. John Brown joined the Raiders. Interesting, they replaced him with another uh, receiver in his age group and very much like him in Buffalo. A trio of receivers signed with the Jags, Agnew, Dorsett, and Marvin Jones. The Giants brought in Kenny Valde, John Ross. Uh, The Jets brought in Corey Davis, Keelan Cole. Brashad Perryman, Terrell Williams signed with the Lions. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne with the Patriots. A lot of teams, uh, as we see like toward the end of this list, bulking up, pretty much restructuring their whole receiving core, right? Yeah, that's a pretty good wide receiver list right there. Uh, apart from Allen Robinson and uh, Kenny Galladay, those are all solid wide receiver twos right there uh, and a bunch of threes as well. Um, it's going to be very rare for a top-notch wide receiver to make it to free agency. Uh, and if they do, they'll be signed that first day. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty solid list. And we do have a bunch of other good wide receivers available. Uh, Antonio Brown, as we mentioned earlier, uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Sammy Watkins, who is a rumored to go to the Ravens, if I uh, remember correctly. Um, I heard he was, he was also visiting the Colts, I heard this week. Yeah, keep him there. I don't need him. He can go to the Ravens. Uh, I don't need him on my team. I don't need some guy that's injured uh every second year that plays mediocre football on my team but you'll like him in week one though yeah i in the week one you can make me win the game but what is he going to do for me week two weeks four and week 16 absolutely nothing he'll be injured by then you need someone to replace ty hilton though i think ty hilton is staying though i think we're just letting things drag on we're trying to figure things out but ty hilton is going to stay a cult he what are they waiting for what are they waiting for i mean <laughs> he was your number one receiver um look you guys what are they, what is it they're waiting for the colts are a team that doesn't use free agency they like to sign their guys they like to keep everything in-house and figure out the contracts for the people that they have on the roster right now. Tiwa hilton is out there testing free agency seeing what's coming his way but what does T.Y. Hilton know for his whole career? He's known to play for the Colts. He knows the offense of the Colts. He's played with Frank Reich for now two, three years. He's getting a new QB who is not Philip Rivers, 
who cannot, who can throw the, the ball downfield. He, he, T.Y. Hilton is a fast wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton got down the field about 30 seconds too quickly for Philip Rivers to throw him the ball. Am I right there? Now he has somebody with an arm strength who is going to get him the ball, who is going to, who's going to get opened. These things are all going to come in play. He's just testing out free agency. He is going to stay with the Indianapolis Colts because that's where he is comfortable and that's where he's going to end his career. So do you think that this is do you think that this is a situation where uh you know a player is trying to see what what he's worth on the market or do you see this more of an issue as the Colts are trying to say well you know we don't want to overvalue you and so go test what you want but you're going to end up back here and we're going to get a uh you know a home a hometown discount what do you think is the issue here he he's testing the market for what he's worth uh i've always seen it that way with certain players especially somebody that's been part of the organization for very long but sean i know you probably see differently or you're on maybe the same page as close as possible with me for that oh, i completely agree with you uh this is unless he signs a one-year contract this is probably his last free agency um he the team probably told him this is what we're willing to pay you um and if you're interested test the water see what else is out there and uh i think it might bite him in the ass if he waits too long because he's seeing wide receivers getting one decent one-year deals um the wide receivers this year are not getting a ton of money. So either he goes back home on a, on a team friendly deal or he comes to the Patriots. Uh, a te- well, or that happened yeah. before Philip Dorsett, uh, who's the other guy that came with you guys uh, that played for us. Uh, it's not coming to my head, but another guy that played for and probably won the Super Bowl with Brady as well. Uh, but uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, a guy like that needs a good quarterback to get him the ball downfield. It's it's only obvious. Those are the type of routes he runs. Downfield type of guy needs the ball. Uh, uh, you know, trying to trying to look at other players that are of interest here. I think uh, the Juju Schmidt Susser kind of signing was really interesting here because yes, he came back with with the Steelers, um, but. I, I was curious because, you know, there were rumors about him going to the Jets. There were rumors about him going to other teams. And probably on some of these teams, he was going to be their wide receiver number one. And I think uh, for whatever reason, uh, Juju seems to be a better option on the offense when he is not the star on the team. And I think uh, he, he's definitely going to find a better place and, and better matchups with uh, staying with Pittsburgh with, you know, the Chase Claypools and uh, Wins, uh, Washington and all these different uh, players and Johnson coming in here and really um, allowing uh, Juju to have the open space. I think if he would have gone to the Jets, been a wide receiver, number one, uh, probably not as effective on the team. I don't know what you think uh, about that, uh, Steve. I don't. I don't think him joining the Jets would have been the smartest route for him. Uh, of course, having heard that he turned down a contract from the Ravens, I think that's just uh, the right thing to do. But if you turn down the Chiefs uh, and you were going to play number two to Tyree Kill, it's a very interesting uh, deal to turn down. Considering that after this one year, you're going to be in this situation again. Is that offer going to be on the table next year to join the Chiefs if you don't want to stick around uh, for Ben's? Uh, uh, for whoever's going to follow up, assuming Ben Roethlisberger does finally retire, I just think this is a this is a one year uh, a bridge deal, so to speak, so that next year they can lock him up long term. And in 2022, there's 106 million 
uh, dollars in cap space that will free up for the Steelers. So I'm sure they're going to work something out to keep him long term after this. It might have been the right move for Juju to return to to Pittsburgh. But honestly, I'm very, very surprised that the Steelers took him back with everything he did in the media and said in the media. It just seems like the Steelers are such a a well-respected franchise. They're looked up to and everything he did, it just like was telling me like, yeah, he, he's a goner for sure. He, he's definitely not going to be back. Uh, so that that honestly, to me, was the biggest surprise. That and just what they what it cost them to keep him. Like now we have cornerback Steven Nelson asking uh, uh, on his way out, asking for a trade and will potentially just get outright cut because no one's going to want to trade for him knowing he's just going to sign where he wants if he can. Um, it, it, it costed them a lot. So looking back at like the Bud Dupree signing and I mean, that's, a, that's you know, had you use your franchise tag there on Bud Dupree and, and let Juju Smith-Schuster walk your defense looks already a little, a little bit better. Um, if this is a one-year deal that's not going to bring him back long-term, uh, I think this ultimately hurts the team. What about uh, Kenny Stills to uh, not Kenny Stills, but uh, Will Fuller to the Dolphins? I like that. Do you guys think that that makes that team look? Quite I like good. that. I hate it. You hate it? I hate it. Yeah, because everyone I follow on Twitter was saying he'd be perfect for the Packers, and I got my hopes up. I went to bed dreaming about Will Fuller in a green and gold jersey, and I woke up and he goes to the to Miami. That was a disappointment, but yeah, good signing for the Dolphins. I, I think he'll he'll do good there with Tua. Miami is really sneaking in those those free agency signings, like they're coming in strong. I think if they figure out their QB and what's going to happen at that position, uh, they can make some big big noise this year, especially with some of those signings that happen. And he is going to come. He's going to play really nice in that team. Um, like uh, lining up there, whether it's Tua or Brissett throwing to him, he can make a big difference. Oh, for sure, yeah. Do you think he's their number one, or do you think uh, Parker holds on to the number one? Uh... I don't know. It's it. He's the, he's the new guy coming in, right? I think Parker should be number one, and Fuller number two. Uh, again, he's the new guy coming in, so we we got to see what he can bring to the team. Uh, at first, and you never know what other signings can happen. Also, any other teams that impressed you with the wide receiver signings? I think we'll get into it a little bit later in the show. And uh, but obviously, the big wide receiver on the market, Galladay, going going to the Giants. I think that was surprising uh, for many that the Giants were that aggressive and and brought in that star power on their team. And I think that just really makes uh, bolsters their offensive uh, weapons here for for their QB and. Um, they, they can compete for that for that division title and make a run. All right, so you guys are in need of a wide receiver. Uh, you're the managers of a, of a team in need of a wide receiver. With the names available, who are you signing? All right, let me go first. Uh, we need, uh, we, as in the Packers, we need a slot receiver. Oh, you're speaking, okay, you're speaking for oh, the yeah, Packers. 100%. Okay. Um, uh, Brian Gutekunst has me on speed dial, and uh, he calls <laughs> me every day for advice. Um, Adam Humphreys is someone I'm looking at. Uh, he's a good slot receiver. Um, I know we have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, also known as MVS, uh, as our speed guy. But Kenny Stills or Willie Sneed would be nice additions to the team as well. Uh, but Adam Humphreys is my number one. Uh, if I'm the Colts, 
I am staying with T.Y. Hilton, and I am definitely not even touching a guy like Sammy Watkins or Antonio Brown. They could keep him. He could stay a free agent for the rest of the season. I keep going with my T.Y. Hilton. And if there's anything that could happen, we can get that Kenny Stills or that Willie Sneed. I, I agree with Sean. Those guys come in clutch. They could be do some really good things for your team. Well, Burge? I wouldn't mind a Sammy Watkins uh, because I think a Sammy Watkins doesn't play as your you know, wide receiver one, especially on a team that has uh, different options. And I think on a Patriot squad, they're going back to the two tight end system. And so their wide receivers are going to have a little bit less of, of the load on there. And I think a Sammy Watkins does have that explosiveness. Um, I also wouldn't, wouldn't be opposed to potentially bring back on a very one year low budget contract, which isn't going to cost much in terms of Danny Amendola coming back and offering those punt returns, uh, offering those different slants on, on the offensive line, I think is going to be important for, for them. And so I, I could definitely see a Danny Amendola or Sammy Watkins filling into that W WR three uh, and, and trick play uh, possession games. We know that the Patriots like to do some trick plays, like to kind of redefine the playbook and, and, you know, try different styles. And I think that having these technical players that can fit in in multiple positions and have different explosiveness and skill sets really brings an asset to the Patriots. So I wouldn't mind someone like a Sammy Watkins or even bringing back a Danny Amendola on a contract friendly uh, situation. I guess you guys are leaving me with Willie Sneed. Um, I would, I mean, I, I feel like he's probably the low risk uh, sign, signing on this uh, in the names left. He's probably high reward if he decides to uh, show up. We don't see much of him, though, already. On an already um, uh, wide receiver depleted Ravens team, we didn't see much of him. So uh, I don't know necessarily that he's got years and years of value, should I say. It, it, I'd, I'd bring him in on a short-term deal. And I, and this wouldn't be for, my, for the Steelers team. This would just be if I need a receiver for my team right now. Uh, regardless of the team, I think the Steelers are fine in the wide receiver position. But yeah, I think he's a guy that could bring a low risk, high reward if, if, if things work out really sneak. All right. So no one mentioned Antonio Brown. I, nobody, I said I'm, I don't want him. Right. Sorry. Um, nobody said they would wanted Antonio Brown to be signed on their team, which honestly, when you think about it, he had a pretty decent year last year. He didn't play all the whole season. He had some good numbers. He showed up in the playoffs. Um, now, if I was to tell you, let's, let's daydream over here. If I was to tell you that Antonio Brown was going to have a, a similar season to what he had three years ago, would anybody be willing to take him on his, on your team right now? Minus the drama. Well, has he had drama last year? No, because Brady told him to shut up. Okay. Exactly. There you go. Cause he lived <laughs> with Tom Brady. He was put in check, yeah. When you when he's put in check, yeah. If he's gonna get put in yeah, check, fine. fine. But bringing bringing him back on 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 what he did three years ago is also bringing him back and inflating the ego, right? Like, is it is it good for your locker room? That that's where I see. That's where I like Steve. You you brought up a a, a perfect point. Why would you bring in somebody like that and just ruin? work ethic, ruin locker room, ruin relationships, just ruin a team, uh, how do you say, team atmosphere. You don't want that. That's why I keep him there on the bench. I keep him on, as a free agent. You don't need to bring that. You know what I mean? Like Brady brought him in, uh, Arians brought him in, the Bucks brought him in because they knew what he would do for the team if they had Brady there to put him in check. 
Let's let's just not to clarify. Forget. Just to clarify, Brady Brotherman. Yeah. Arians and not. That's right. Yeah, but you gotta go through some people. You can't just be like, "Hey, my name is Tom Brady. I'm gonna bring you in, and uh, we'll figure it out later." That's no, exactly, that's exactly, that's exactly, what, exactly what the Buccaneers are doing, and that's exactly what Brady is doing in the offseason here. But I think you know, to your point of Antonio Brown and bringing him in, and it has to be in the right culture. It has to be with the right team, and I think the reason why this experiment works so well with the Bucks, uh, besides the fact that you know he had the leadership and Brady vouched for him, I think it's because no one expected him to perform, and he was pretty much an afterthought on an already offensive loaded team yeah, exactly. and so when he when, when you know when you're looking at Godwin when you're looking at Evans when you're bringing in Gronk when you're bringing in all these re, uh, receivers and Antonio Brown was was what uh wide receiver three wide receiver four on the Bucks really for yep. most of the season mm-hmm. so I think he just was really happy to to share in that experience but I think the fact that he wasn't the focal point and uh, it was pretty much told to him, if you're coming in, you're coming in to play and use your talent. And the moment that, you know, you make too much noise, we're cutting you, we don't need you. And they don't need him. But I think that the, he brings a valuable asset to him and it only works in that type of situation, really. He goes to a team that needs a wide receiver uh, and he becomes the star. I think you might start getting into trouble like uh, like he was in Pittsburgh. The Bucks, do they have any money left to bring him back if they want to win a one-year deal or they're tight now? Well, I think the Bucks will find a way. Brady will restructure his contract if he has to. Someone, something's going to give, I think. Uh, and like we know, I mean, we see it all, all, we've seen it with throughout this whole free agency period. Uh, these these four-year mega star dealers and all these aspects of their contract that are all void. So there's ways to fudge the numbers. There's ways to bring him back if if that's in their plan. They, do they really need him at wide receiver three or wide receiver four with the team they have and the team they've built and the team they're keeping? He looks quite good. And the story is actually a really nice story in that Bruce Arians drafted the guy. Was able to shape him up again. I think it's, I, I mean, I like that. Yeah, I, honestly, to answer my own question, I would take him to the Packers with open arms, but it would have to be a very similar situation to the Bucks last season where... He is more of a role player and not the star on the team. And yeah, yeah someone of that caliber, I would never say no to. I think it works so well with the Bucks because he's with Brady and Arians and uh, those are guys that keep him in check. And look, I mean, one way or another, Chris Evans and uh, um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you're not the wide receiver one at, at the age that you are lining up with those guys. You don't have to earn the spot. Let's uh, let's move on to some winners and losers um, in free agency. We talked a lot about the wide receiver signings before, and last week we shared a lot of the signings that uh, that occurred uh, even while we were recording the episode. But uh, let's go through our winners this week. Um, Sean, what, who do you think won free agency? I think the Chargers won free agency. The Chargers and Justin Herbert. Many, many years ago, uh, Andrew Luck, was getting beat up behind that offensive line. They started drafting guards, tackles, and they built a wall around Andrew Luck and he flourished. And I think what the Chargers did this offseason and last offseason as well, when they signed Brian Bulaga from the Packers, um, is is great for a young quarterback. Give the quarterback time to to read the the defense and get the ball to his team. And the rest is just going to work for itself. so um, the Chargers signed Corn Lindsley, who was the best uh, graded center last season. 
And they also signed um, Matt Feeler from the Steelers um, and Ode Abushi from the Lions. Uh, Ode Abushi is more of a uh, backup player. Uh, and so I don't think he'll be a starter for them, but he's good to have as well. And uh, talking about Justin Herbert winning, they also got a stud tight end in Jared Cook. So that's that's uh, another Cook, good signing really? for the Chargers. Talking about Jared Cook. Talking about Jared Cook. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, the guy can still play, but he's, you know, he's not the same old Jared Cook. But I think, you know, I, I agree with you, uh, Sean. I think um, some of the adjustments that the Chargers have made are really going to continue to uh, help Herbert uh, develop as a young QB in the league, uh, offer him some some good offensive weapons around him. Another year for him to familiarize himself with his receiving core and his uh, running back core, but also be protected uh, in, in the long run and really be able to make those reads. Uh, I, I think the Chargers are definitely going to be one of those up-and-coming teams um, that we're going to see and really create a little bit of... Um, you know, uh, noise in their division. Obviously, it's not an easy one, but uh, I think that they definitely can make a, a little bit of noise. And I think it's going to be a team that we're going to be talking about, especially when we start doing previews for, you know, preseason and all that stuff. I think we're going to be talking a lot about the Chargers um, in, in the new NFL season. Another another team that I think are, are some winners here are obviously the New England Patriots. And uh, because no one uh, on this panel wanted to touch them, That's not uh, true. I guess I have to give them... I guess I got to give them a voice. Well, why didn't you pick them as the winners? Uh, I Because I, I thought you had picked them. It says here, Berger, winner, Patriots. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, the Patriots going into uh, going into the offseason needed to kind of look at uh, their offense for sure. Uh, but they were able to create some waves on defense too. So they were able to bring back uh, players like David Andrews and Ted Karras on, uh, you know, their offensive line, which I think is huge. It adds a lot of depth um in the front and especially where their offensive line was really impacted by injuries last season i think this provides them a lot with uh, some some future debt the other aspect here uh of their defensive depth here with the signing of Hen uh, henry anderson uh they brought back Deidre's wise they made the trade as we all know for trent brown um while also bringing back uh kyle vanoy and i think that's an interesting move because he went for the big payout uh miami said no, thank you. They cut, they cut him. And, you know, the Patriots just kind of recycle what they know has worked in their system. And once again, uh, don't overpay for a player, give him, you know, uh, a, a decent contract to come back into a system and be a defensive uh, playmaker. And um, recently they have offered a second round tender for JC Jackson, which, uh, which allows us to have another rookie uh, in the backfield develop. And uh, don't forget all of those defensive players that are coming back on the COVID list, right? So that's going to be, um, you know, Dante Hightower, obviously, with Patrick Chung retiring, it uh, creates a hole. But I think that uh, the Patriots definitely will, will adjust and, and have the space to uh, really be contenders here. But again, the offensive weapons, right? Last year, we saw Cam Newton kind of not do very much, have to rely on his skill set, and that didn't work. But uh, going into the offensive weapons of last year, right, we were talking about Demir Bird, we were talking about Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, and the plethora of tight ends that weren't working for them. Going into next season, we got Hunter Harry, Jonu Smith, Julian Edelman, hopefully will come back. Uh, but then you add uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. I think that uh, Cam Newton is going to have every... Every opportunity to succeed if he is the starting QB. Oof. 
but uh, he definitely has upgrades on his on his weapons, and I definitely think that the Patriots have set themselves up quite nicely, both on offense and uh, the defensive side of the wall, a ball heading into next season. Over, under, when does Brian Hoyer start? What week? Never. Never. All right. Verge. Yes. Are we keeping Cam Newton or are we getting somebody else? I think that's the million-dollar question, right? And I think more and more uh, recently I've been reading a little bit about the the noise with Jimmy G, right? And I think right now uh, the holdup is really the 49ers not being able to secure a move, um, uh, you know, for, for replacing Jimmy G. So I think – uh, the only play that the Patriots have right now is drafting a QB, and there's quite a bit of noise about them um, trading up. I don't know how high, but uh, trading up into the draft to at least uh, try and secure one of those star QBs and, and maybe have him compete with, with Cam Newton uh, at this point. Bob's got a plan, my friend. We know that. Bob, Yeah, Bob and Bill has a plan for sure. There's a reason nobody put the Patriots on the winner's list is because you don't build your team at free agency. We discussed this. Um, look, all the all the moves that the Patriots made feel very temporary. I don't think they'll let players like Judon leave when his contract's up. Maybe they'll want to lock bigger names in, but like bringing back Cam Newton, again, it feels like it's just enough to get by. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo right now. The, the 49ers are, are, can't secure a move on him, but his value also just went up because teams now no longer want to touch Deshaun Watson. If they want to make that their guy, I think they got to do that now or bring someone in at the draft to follow up Newton this year. Well, I think, you know, to, to kind of just jump in here a little bit, winners in free agencies, right? What, how do we define winners, right? Uh, what is a winner? And, and I think I'll tell uh, you. Go ahead. Yeah. The, what's the question is, the, the question was, who is the winner of this free agency? We're not talking about two years down the line. We're talking about this year. The Patriots sucked last year, and they did everything in their power to make their team better this year. So I'm, I'm, I agree with Berger, and to a certain extent, uh, they did win this free agency, but they'll be in trouble in the next if it's not next season it's the season after for sure i think uh, i think bill belichick took it personally when tom brady jumped ship and won won a super bowl <laughs> and so i think uh, with tampa bay coming into new england next season i think uh, i think he's making a play to kind of make life difficult and and show and show everyone else that uh, you know it's not just tom brady but uh, bill belichick can make uh, can make moves and uh, he spent a lot i i agree i think they've you know they've never done this much si- this many signings to such lucrative contracts in their history as an organization uh, and and who knows who knows if it's going to kind of pay off in the long run but i think um, you know bill bill obviously has the ability to adjust and make uh, and make moves and so i think he's he's still looking for those missing pieces and whether they come through the draft or he kind of um bargains with someone to trade uh, for a QB. I think, you know, this team, if if they can actually get a, a quality starting QB, I, I think we're having a different conversation. I think this team is is once again in contention, um, you know, to make a run. I don't, I still don't think that they have the pieces to to contend for a Super Bowl title, but I think that they, they, they are definitely going to have at least double digit wins next season. My winners for free agency this year, uh, well, not this year. Yeah, they want for agency for me this year. Washington football team. Uh, like I said, we discussed building a team from within. Teams that splurge don't really get by. Um, this team addressed very little 
the notable signings here was bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal. They liked what they saw in Miami with him and Tua going back and forth, kind of mentoring him. I think they might try to bring in a young quarterback at the draft. They brought in Curtis Samuel on a three-year, $34.5 million deal. Uh, he'll be number two to Terry McLaurin, which is a great uh, addition to the offense. And the weapons, don't forget, Antonio Gibson in the backfield, they're going to they're gonna have a, a, good, a much better offense than they did last season. And one of the most under-the-radar signings, cornerback William Jackson, three years, $40.5 million. They got him off the Bengals. Um, already, their young defense was looking incredible. They needed to address the cornerback position. They got one of the big fish. This is a sneaky good team next year. And in a, and, and in a division that, I mean, anyone can take, they just put themselves right up there. I guess I'm the last one for those winners. And I'm going to keep this nice and quick. Um, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bridger's second favorite team. Um, and the reason why is because these guys are sticking to what they know and what got them that Super Bowl ring. Franchise tagged Chris Godwin. They signed Tom Brady. They have a two-year uh, extension with Levante David. These guys aren't going to find other pieces of the puzzle. They have the pieces of the puzzles. They're focusing on in what's in-house right now and how could we win a second Super Bowl. And to be honest with everyone in here, if they stick to that formula, they're winning a second Super Bowl. I see it happening once again. This is probably the best thing they can do. They are fresh. They have fresh guys there. They have that right formula to get into the next Super Bowl. As of right now, I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, I agree with you. I see them winning next year again. Any other teams worth mentioning uh, before doing our losers? A thumbs up to the Dolphins. I don't know if anybody else agrees with me with there, but they're making some some nice quiet moves here and there, filling in some pieces. Uh Again, the quarterback situation there. Tua, I don't really see anything good happening with him down uh, down the line. Uh, Brissette as backup could be good and some change here and there. Uh, but they're really filling in those pieces where they could have excelled and gone further last year if they had those pieces uh, of the puzzle in play. Another honorable mention on my end is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they signed uh, a top two left tackle in the NFL in Trent Williams and signed Alex Mack as well. Those are two very, very solid players on the offensive line. I mentioned the Washington football team making them eligible to win the uh, NFC East. Aren't the New York Giants just as eligible now? So adding uh, Kenny Galladay, adding... Um, John Ross from the Bengals. Uh, they, they made a defensive signing today, Sean. Uh, Adore Jackson, yes. Another big fish out of uh, the quarterback uh, pool. I think they're just as eligible. Again, the NFC East should be more interesting in that it'll be a little tighter next year. I agree. I think the only team left in the dust in the East is going to be the Eagles. Oof. Can, can we can we wait and see what Saquon Barkley does when he comes back after that uh, fantastic injury he had? early on in the season. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, most uh, most players, I, I don't know. I think he'll bounce back from that. A running back coming back from that injury? Eesh, I don't know. I I kind of don't uh, I, I kind of don't see it happening right away. Maybe not year one back from injury. I see maybe towards year two. 
I think the uh, you know the Giants are definitely um, have definitely upgraded, and I think they've they're, they're another team that has set up their quarterback to uh, to perform well. But I think a lot of this is going to rest on their ability of their quarterback to to make that team elite, right? Uh, you know, with go- going out and, sp- and spending money on Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, uh, Ingram, and and like you're saying, you know, um, Barkley in the backfield, I think that this team could definitely make a, make a good run. Granted that everyone's healthy and performing, but the big question is is at QB, right? We, we've seen flashes uh, of what Daniel Jones can do, but can he sustain this over a long period of time? Or will, will the frustration set in? How is his chemistry with these new receivers but it seems that um you know galladay it, it could potentially upgrade the whole core of wide receivers for them to make them competitive and and really compete in that division is this a last chance for daniel jones i think it's too early to say that uh i mean it's you you gotta you gotta evaluate your qb over you know three four seasons and uh last season i think for many for many teams was somewhat of a of a washout uh, free pass type of season um and and who knows? Uh, I think it's still too early for for them to judge the success or failure at the QB position after only a few seasons. Yeah, I agree. They're building the team around him now. Uh, Saquon's going to be back. They have a legit wide receiver one in Kenny Galladay. They have a speed guy who, granted, hasn't done anything so far in his career in John Ross. But who knows? Maybe a change of scenery will uh uh, improve his career um, and um, maybe Golden Tate goes back who knows but they're building a team around Daniel Jones uh, now is as good of a time for him to succeed as any I'll get going on the losers of free agency uh, my losers are big losers uh, I losers think most of you will agree I've got the Houston Texans um, <laughs> they are trying or they've tried I should say uh, very hard to keep the band together Nobody wants to play in Houston right now. Tyrod Taylor signed a one-year $5.5 million contract Oof. with up to $12 million worth of incentives, uh, if that says anything at all. They brought in locker room leader Mark Ingram on a short-term deal, one-year deal. Uh, Big trust. And then went on a slew of prove-it deals by signing cornerback Desmond King to a one-year deal, linebacker Christian Kirksey to a one-year deal, defensive tackle Malik Collins to a one-year deal. And to top it off, they trade for defensive tackle Shaq Lawson from the Dolphins, who can very possibly still prove it and, and, and turn his career around. But all we've ever heard about this guy is that he's he, he, he has more to prove they signed Philip Lindsay out of uh, out of Denver very quickly too. One year deal. Uh, one year deal once again. Everything's a one year deal. So what what are they even trying to address here? What are they even trying to do? Bringing all these players in, it just seems like all these players are placeholders, and nothing is a step towards building this team or towards making this team a better team than it is in a in a conference in a division rather. That I mean, the Tennessee Titans look really good. Uh, the Colts just brought in a new quarterback. The Jags are, I wouldn't call them winners, but they're going in and they're likely getting Trevor Lawrence here. They went to go get receivers, albeit not great ones, but targets for him when he arrives. What what What's Houston doing? Uh, basically, the people that are going to Houston are going there on vacation. They're going for a quick check-in, uh, going to go to the beach, see what's going on there. If they don't like the weather, they are out next year. 
uh, I, who wants to go play there? It's like right now you're basically going somewhere to feel uncomfortable. It's not much of a proven deal, though. That's like, it's like you're going there to sink. Well, you signed Ingram to see if he could change the locker room. That ain't gonna happen. I mean, Ingram, Ingram, the Ingram signing, I think, has now become irrelevant with the Deshaun Watson allegations because that that was clearly the point here. I'm saying guys like Desmond King, who like could still be like quality cornerbacks on a lot of teams. What's what's going to Houston going to do to uh, on a prove a deal? Maybe he had no other offers, and and that's why he went. And that's how I that's what I think happened with every other player they signed. Christian Kirksey had a very disappointing season with the Packers after coming off a huge injury with the Browns the previous year. Um, every, they're all a bunch of third-tier players that nobody else wanted to sign. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hell of a 1-15 in 15 season or 1-16 in 7, 16 season. Yeah, because we've got 17 games coming up next year, right? Yeah. So one more for the Texans to lose. But I think at the, at this point, um, if you're Houston and you're trying to rebuild, you still have to be able to field a team, right? And so you're going to need some of these players to to go out on your roster. Uh, I, if if this is a rebuild for for Houston, they're these one year deals, right? It's it's just enough to field uh, a roster spot and have players there. They're not committed. If it works out, maybe they work out some some longer-term deals with some of these marquee players. But if not, then they cut bait and and they restructure and they and they move forward in their in their rebuilding. So uh and my loser for in, in all of this, I think, is uh is quite fitting. And you know, I'd like to kind of bring you all back to that 2006 uh, press conference, right? From uh, from Dennis Green between Arizona and uh Chicago, in which he quoted the Bears are who we thought they were. And and they are definitely the biggest losers in all of this. And this is this is a team that drafting QBs, not developing them, not surrounding them properly and, you know, give them credit. But um, they turned out losers in more than one way this week, I think. First and foremost, right, trying to make that move, that trade with the with the Seahawks for for Russell, for Russell Wilson in what sh- what was rumored to be three first round draft picks, a third round pick in the 2021 draft, and two active players who were rumored to be Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. And um, listen, I give them credit for for trying to make this offer work, but in the end, in a in a results oriented business, you failed. You didn't make it happen, and so you move on, right? And so Mitch Trubisky, get rid of him. And out of all the QBs, I think bringing uh, bringing back uh, signing Andy Dalton, right? I I don't have any problem bringing in Andy Dalton, but what are the Chicago Bears doing promising Andy Dalton the starting QB position going into next year? You saw what Nick Foles th- play. What are they thinking? Like. I was looking up Dalton stats and they're not very promising. I mean, his best year came in 2003 when he threw for 33 touchdown passes and roughly 4,300 passing yards in the season. That was arguably his best season. Since then, he's had uh, 25 or more touchdowns in only two of the last seven seasons. He's in the last four seasons, he's averaged less than 3,000 yards and less than 20 uh, 20 touchdowns per season with 12 interceptions did you not take a step back from 
having Mitch Trubisky as your QB one and bringing Andy Dalton and telling him you're our number one QB. I love every second of this. Please keep on signing bad quarterbacks, Chicago. Ryan Pace is my GM of the year again. Um, I, I love it. Um, I Last year, going into the season, I thought the second best team in the NFC North was the Bears. Um, this year, I'm putting them right down there with the Lions. I do not fear them at all. I do not think Andy Dalton has ever been a good quarterback. Um, and... Yeah, I, I I just do not understand why the Bears would sign such a player. Um, actually, I was going to give my winner uh, title to the Seahawks for not making that trade with the Bears. So that's yeah. yeah. But but looking at that trade offer, as Anne said, multiple first round picks, Mac and Hicks. I mean, you're tearing your whole team down to bring in Russell Wilson. How good would the Bears even be? making that trade horrendous the winners would have been seattle in this would they not seattle seattle would have been would have been the big 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 winners with getting all that i'm with you on that and i'm not saying that russell wilson is easily replaceable but i mean with those type of picks like go get yourself whoever you want we've seen it time and time again they go out and get who they want but those players are not who they expect them to be, right? They don't they build around up, them. Yeah, they passed up on Deshaun Watson. They passed up on Patrick Mahomes for some chump named Mitch Trubisky. They, they're they bad evaluators. They know what Russell Wilson is capable of doing. And they know that to get a player of the caliber, they need to trade their whole squad. And yes, I think on paper, it looks like the Bears would have lost that trade. But we see what the Seahawks did last year. Uh, Russell Wilson was borderline MVP candidate the most of the season. He will flip that roster around, um, even though Mack and Hicks and two first-round picks were going to get traded. I don't think Chicago would have come out here as as big big losers. I think, uh, obviously, we, 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 we agree. We all agree that Russell Wilson is one of those game-changing QBs, and him coming into this offense is definitely going to make the Chicago Bears at least somewhat of contenders. I mean, he has Allen Robinson, who's returning with the Bears, uh, one of the prolific wide receivers that are out there. He has uh, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller to round up that that unit, uh, David Montgomery there on the running back aspect of things. I, I think the Bears tried their best to get that QB because they don't have a QB, and bringing in Wilson wouldn't necessarily... Uh, make them Super Bowl champion favorites. But I think that this definitely would have had them rise a little bit in terms of their competitiveness, especially within their division. Uh, But if we flip this into kind of Seattle accepting this trade, yes, you're getting, you know, two very good uh, players, but you're French, you're, you're kind of banking on future draft picks to win out this trade. But who do the, who does Seattle have behind Russell Wilson as QB? No one. Doesn't Seattle then become the Chicago Bears? Yes, exactly. That's a good point. What do you do with players uh, if you send that message to, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett, Metcalf? How how good will these players be if if you kind of make that trade if you're Seattle? Also, something to keep in mind, the Bears have never in their franchise had a good quarterback. Wilson was 
right at their fingertips and they're going to give the house if they needed to, to have him. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> the saints are my loser. Um, <laughs> oh boy. And it's not going to be happy. He's already sick. Oh, he, he saw it on the sheet and that's why he decided not to join tonight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the saints, first of all, they lost hall of famer Drew Brees. Uh, if that wasn't a big enough loss, uh, they have Jameis Winston to back him up. Um, and, or, uh, Taysom Hill. They also lost a wide receiver two in uh, Emmanuel Sanders and also uh, Berger's favorite tight end, Jared Cook. Um, <laughs> well, Ant, Ant's favorite tight end too, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, and on defense, they lost uh, someone who, granted, had a very good season this year, this past season, but decent at best. Otherwise, uh, Trey Hendrickson, uh, he went over to the Bengals. So as of where things are right now, I Honestly, I, the Saints are a much worse team today than they were at the end of last season. I think it's normal. Uh, you know, you a team that has a future Hall of Fame QB, naturally you expect them to kind of take uh, a step back going into next season, right? I mean, you don't replace the players like Drew Brees. You don't replace players like Tom Brady uh, who are under center for so long for your franchise. So I think there's this expectation that the Saints are going to take a step back. And and I and I think rightly so. And to complicate matters, obviously they were able to kind of come down in the cap, but not having that flexibility and having to roll with the players that they had um, going into next season is, is kind of a transition year for them as well. Yes, they still have some key... Uh, players at different positions. You know, they still have uh, Thomas, they still have Kamara in the backfield, but these players, right, are are going to have to really outperform themselves in order to keep the Saints competitive all year round. There is one thing that they did win uh, in terms of players they like go. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, one of the most touchy, grabby corners in the NFL. Um I expect to see less flags against the Saints. Maybe, maybe we'll see less complaining from Ant. Speaking of flags, as long as CJ Gardner Johnson is going to be on the field, those flags will keep on coming. I guess I'm the last one to go for my losers, but uh, this was a big toss up in the air. I was thinking about it a bit, uh, a bit too much. And I was going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I did not want to offend the man in yellow in this, uh, in this group here. So I've decided to go with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And I know Sean, you're rolling your eyes in the background there somewhere. Uh, Cause we had this argument on last episode, but I find that the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest losers because there is nothing happening around that team once again for another year. What did they do? The the only thing they know how to do is pay big money for an injured quarterback. What are they doing for that offensive line? Zero. What are they doing for that defense? Zero. What are they doing to protect our favorite Dak Prescott? absolutely sweet nothing let's pay big money for a quarterback and watch him get injured one more time that is all i have to say because the dallas cowboys are just crickets 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 big spending crickets yes because we could we could sit around here all day and talk about Dak prescott but what are they doing around that guy where is the money coming? Where, how are you protecting him? What are you doing for that defense to prevent big score games? Absolutely nothing. Jerry Jones, 
shut your mouth and put the money in the right place. I am fed up of people talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm fed up of them talking about that they're America's team, that they're going to win a Super Bowl, that they're going to go to a playoffs. I haven't seen any of that stuff. Where's that offensive line we're talking about? Where is that offensive line to open up the lane so Elliott could go into and score a touchdown? Nowhere to be seen. They are passé composé. And I don't want to hear them talk about anything because they cannot make any moves and they haven't for the last five years. Point final. And now I hear crickets because I know, I guess everybody thinks I'm right with this one, right? I mean, look, they haven't brought in uh, Smith yet. They're not sure if they're going to bring him back to the to their defense. Uh, they're definitely, I know they have the nicest team on paper in that NFC East, but we said it, the Washington football team were winners. The New York Giants were winners. The Eagles, uh, I mean, they didn't do much, but like the team's also in a, in, in a rebuild and a quarterback change it's going to trend in a new direction for them too. So yeah, on paper, the Cowboys look good, but you're absolutely right. They do nothing to address that offensive line. They win games by the skin of their teeth or lose games by the skin of their teeth. Uh, They're not the clear cut NFC East uh, uh, champions that they should be with this type of roster. And they likely won't be this year. And what are we doing for Elliot? That guy was top three, top two yeah. running backs in the league. Yeah, it's yeah. and he, he went first overall in, in 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 fantasy football. He did horrendous last year. It didn't help that Dak was out though. It, it makes the team very one dimensional. Yeah, it's, it's it's not Dak doesn't open up the lanes for him on offensive line. No, he doesn't, but he opens up the play by having Dak on the field. He's a dual threat quarterback. Who's protecting Dak now that he's coming back from this injury? You're right, 100% right. The Dallas Cowboys had the best offensive line in all of the NFL a few years ago, and now they're irrelevant, right? They have two studs, and the other two, three guys are are just regular players. Um, you're 100% right. They need to build around Dak now that they have your quarterback, but that's step one. Step one is to have your quarterback. Look at our, our friend Burge over here. I'm pretty sure he would love to have a number one quarterback like Dak Prescott. A ton of teams are looking for them, especially the Saints, which we just talked about a few minutes ago. Get your quarterback, build around him, and the Cowboys have him. Sorry, I thought the Cowboys wanted to win last year and this year. They always want to win. They're due to win now. They have to. They have to start winning. The thing about building around Dak is they have been doing it. They did it in their receivers. Their receiving core is arguably one of the better ones in the league, but they're not giving him enough time to get the ball to them. Well, last year, the Cowboys, you know, we're talking about their offense, we're talking about their defense. Well, last year within their division, the only team they beat was the New York Giants and they beat them by a field goal. And so I think it goes to the point that the money is not being spent on defense to stop uh, stop these big plays. And if every team in your division got better uh, throughout this free agency in, in some way, then you know where do, where do you stand as an organization as a team and i think an argument could be made for both you know them being potential winners and potential losers because i think if they let uh if they let 
uh, Dak Prescott go, I think we're having a bigger discussion and I think they're going to be anointed their number one loser here uh, in this aspect. But I, I agree with Steve uh, too here that the, the Cowboys really need to address more prominently. They need to be able to uh, fix their defensive line and their defensive schemes because that was the biggest issue for them last year. Offensively, I think that they can uh, make do with what they got. It's not perfect, but they're definitely not the worst in the league. And they they do have a lot of good weapons uh, up front as well that can be ma uh, mastered and, and really brought to the next level. So I think for the Cowboys, if you needed to address an area, it was definitely getting Dak Prescott signed and then follow that up with uh, looking at your, your defensive side of the thing to be able to compete uh, and and stop the bleeding against these other teams that you're facing. All right. How about some honorable mention? Well, not honorable mention in the losers category, but some extra, extra losers, Steve, you brought up the Steelers and yeah, definitely losers uh, in my books, resigning Juju to the one-year deal for me was a win. But again, at what cost? Steven Nelson asked for the trade. You lost Tyson Alualo to the Jags, but Dupree went to the Titans. Your defense is losing pieces one after the other. Mike Hilton to the Bengals, key, key, key piece that we lost there. Um, you don't have a running back. So this $8 million one-year deal for Juju, all for what? For looks? Uh, to me, that's a bit of a loser move. And, and, and they still haven't even been in the rumors to address the running game. Uh, hopefully they do at the draft, but at this point, there's also the offensive line that got much weaker and it's next man up in a lot of positions, but that offensive line and all the time Ben had to throw the ball, not going to happen next year. Can I go by saying another, not loser, but something that's been disappointing me is my Colts. We re-signed Mac. So now we have four running backs. Uh, we are taking our sweet time uh, across the board with uh, with just letting players go. We did uh, re-sign Xavier Rhodes to another one-year deal, which is okay in my book. Uh, it was his first year last year. He didn't do as much, but when we needed him, he did step up to the plate. Um, Anthony Walker, gone to the Browns. He was a big playmaker for us last year uh, on defense. Who else did we get rid of? We got rid of our good friend, Nico Autry. Massive, Massive loss. loss. Where are we filling in those pieces of the puzzle? We're waiting too long. We're, we're going to lose good names. So it, it hurts me to say this, not losers, but taking their sweet time. Another honorable mention, maybe the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line. Oh, they still play football? Uh, they still play football. And, uh, you know, we're talking about having to protect the, the quarterback in all these areas. But, you know, look at the offensive line here for Las Vegas. Uh, trading away Trent Brown after making him the highest paid uh, lineman in the league. They then kind of shipped out and, and got rid of their center, uh, Rodney Hudson goes to Carolina and they also traded away their, uh, their guard in Gabe Jackson. So I think that uh, Derek Carr is going to be in a hell a uh, hell of a position to to kind of get out of that pocket and make plays because the offensive line there in Las Vegas is completely abysmal. What do you guys make of them having to sign two running backs and two quote-unquote elite or, or top 10 running backs? I do not get excited by Ken and Drake at all. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm on your side of that. But to many, he's a top 10 quarterback somehow. 
running running back. back. Uh, yeah, he 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 swore that he was going to win your fantasy league last year going into the season, and he apologized in week three, saying <laughs> that not to take him so seriously. Um, Birch, how far did he get you? Oh, he 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 screwed me two years in a row. He, this this is someone who I think, uh, fantasy perspective, perspective, just stay the hell away from Kenyon Drake unless he's available in your fifteenth round. Uh, 15th don't even round. bother picking him up. You had him in our uh, fantasy league. Yes, I did. I had him in uh, my cousin's league, and he did squat. At first, I was like hmm, Kenyon Drake, and then by Mid-season, I was like, who the hell is Kenyon? Thankfully, Drake? the Raiders have uh, Josh Jacobs as running back one. Otherwise, I'd feel real bad for their fan base. And speaking of fan bases, my honorable mention for Biggest Losers is the Texans fan base. <laughs> um, it, it all makes sense to me now why the governor of Texas reopened the state uh, he wants COVID cases to go back up because he doesn't want the season to happen. Uh, he doesn't want to watch the Texans play. Um, I feel bad for that fan base. Uh, they're going to go into the 2021-22 season uh, with zero hope. I have a question for everybody. And maybe I misunderstood or I didn't hear anybody talk about it before. But have we spoken about the Arizona Cardinals or we're just going to wait for a full episode on them? I, I I considered them for my uh, for my winners, but then I went with something a little more sneaky. But the Cardinals are looking good, sneaking in there quietly, yeah, like yeah, yeah. making some nice, well, nice kind of veteran players. But they're yeah. kind of coming together and filling in pieces of the puzzle, kind of like what Miami's doing, just with Miami's lesser big names in there, but. I don't know if you change your front office, you change your management, things start rolling in place. The only thing with the Cardinals is last year, when they looked good, they looked really good. And then they went on two game slumps in the middle of the season and they looked like a complete different team. If they could avoid doing that, then I I see no reason why they don't win the NFC West, uh, even though the Rams are a very good team. The Rams are another team. The Rams don't look too bad. What's the latest though on Larry Fitz? Is he is he calling it a career? I mean, we we assume that if he's going to sign a deal, it's with the Cardinals on a one year deal. But what's the latest there? Uh, I wasn't he free agent. He wasn't, is a free agent. He is, is. He's a free agent, yeah. right? Um, I think he's going to either sign one more year or he's going to call it quits. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't see That's him going obvious, to another uh, another no, no, team. No, he's, I think that's home for him or, or yeah. Yeah. I, I think the only way he comes back uh, this season is if an unfortunate injury happens on someone uh, to someone on the uh, Cardinals roster. Otherwise he retires. Yeah. We got to see how that plays out too. He was one of the names on our list of receivers earlier, but uh, we didn't touch him because I think we know that if he plays somewhere it's, it's in Arizona. Uh, I think that wraps up the episode guys. We covered everything we needed uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Hope you guys liked uh, this more. Uh, I think we were a bit looser today, guys. Winners, losers. I like that. Yeah, it was more looser, more loosey goosey. Uh, anytime I could talk, anytime I could talk about the Bears being losers, I'll take it. So we'll we'll, we'll make sure to squeeze that in as much as possible this off season because the news is already slowing down. Eh, we're we're going to be looking for things to talk about in the coming weeks. Absolutely not. I think you're wrong there, Steve, because we do have Deshaun Watson. 
more things are going to come out and I think we're going to see a different side of a story come and play very soon. Anything you guys think will happen between now and next week in, in, in any of the news headlines? I'm not asking you to predict an, an outcome for Deshaun Watson. Well, I'll tell you about news that happened in the last hour. Uh, the Colts signed former Chargers left tackle Sam Tevy. Um, so now they, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they have someone to protect uh, Carson Wentz's blind side. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next yeah. week with another episode. And uh, we hope you like this more laid back format. We're going to try and give you guys more of that going forward. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, see you guys next week. And hope you're feeling better. Yeah, get better. Love you, Ant. Bye, Bye guys. Toodles. Toodles.